Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman. PK, how are you tonight? Absolutely fabulous. Couldn't ask All for anything right. better. Oh, ah, spoiled. What can I say? <laughs> you have nice <laughs> weather. We have freezing cold. I can't wait until this month is over. It's been snowy and extremely cold here in New England. And I'm ready for spring. I am. It's uh, February 10th. I got. We. I guess we have a little bit of a ways to go. But I hope it's Just not too bad. much longer. Yeah. I so. hope not. I'm I'm ready for spring too. Poor little plants don't know what to do. Need to plant them, get things started. Oh, it'll feel so good. It well, I'm looking forward to it. But you have some things <laughs> sure. to tell us about the rest of the month here. So we've got Valentine's Day coming up. We got all kinds of stuff happening. But tell us what the numbers say. Well, firstly, do remember we're in a seven month. Anytime we deal with the seven month, we have difficulty sleeping. There's a lot of issues ongoing, secrets, not knowing who or what to trust, feeling pushed to the wall in some respects. And to that, we add the fact that Valentine's Day is coming up. Now, people want to share those things that they love about their favorite person, but we're a little groggy because none of us are sleeping right, and we're not really sure who or what to trust. So we're playing games with it in our own minds because the year says do everything in a hurry, make it fast, let's play, let's have a good time. And the month says, oh, let's slow down and everything's going to be okay. And then we add to that that we're in retrograde. So anything to do with communication can and will get messed up, no question about that. So be very careful of the warm, sweet fuzzies that you tell because you don't know when it's going to come back and bite you afterwards because sometimes – we have a tendency to say things in the moment because the seven is a little deceptive. And then all of a sudden we do that turnaround and, uh, well, honey, I didn't really mean to say that to you. We're just going to have to play it out. So be cautious of what you say because you're going to have to live up to it afterwards. So Valentine's Day, be nice, be sweet, be loving and careful of what you put in print because it all can right. be misconstrued. Oh, I just a little tidbit there to keep things going. But we will have issues as far as communication goes throughout the rest of the month, up until the 20th. We we go out of the retrograde. But there's still going to be that bit of a shadow period. But the month itself, I don't know anyone that I have talked to that hasn't said that they're feeling more worn out, a little suspect, 
not enough energy, just kind of feeling a little worn out. So put your feet up, soak in a nice hot tub, do things that will make you feel good. Pick up that favorite book you've wanted to read for ages. That, that kind of thing will make things a lot better. Yes. Well, that sounds wonderful. Now, you also said this is a month where more secrets would be revealed, right? That is very true. And I think we're seeing them as, I, I'm i not going to talk political, we're going to see them as the powers that be are angling back and forth with one another. Some things are going to pop out that they didn't intend to say, or things will show up, or it will be very obvious that certain things are going to be very deceptive. So just kind of listen, take note, and you'll be surprised at the end of this month with those aha moments that you're going to gather because of what we've already heard or what we're seeing taking place. Just some things to think about. Yes, definitely. I know we have some astrological things uh, coming up that look pretty good, so we have that to look forward to. Well, we've got all these things taking place that haven't taken place in years, but there's going to be a lot of positive things taking place, but it's going to be towards the end of the month. So right now it's kind of hold on. There were some changes that will start actually. They start out tomorrow, and they're going to be kind of working up and working on us emotionally because when the seven is around, we have tendency to be somewhat fearful, untrusting, and it's only because it's, our imagination can take over. When the when the seven's around, we have difficulty sleeping, as I said, but we our dreams can be more nightmares than just dreams. So, you know, keep a pad of paper by your bed. You may want to make a few notes. Then when it's over with, it'll be some clarification that will come from it. Well, this sounds like good advice, again, to uh, get through this Mercury retrograde so you're oh, saying yes. it's going to the 20th, and then there's a shadow period after, and then we're free and clear of that, hopefully for That's a while. That's right. Good. Well, <laughs> stop and think about it. The next month that we're going into is going to deal with feeling in control, feeling in charge. So right now, think, plan, don't do. Do it next month. Next month is better for action. All right. Well, everybody, oh, I want to also ask you to go to our Facebook page. Make sure you're following us there and also on Twitter. And when there's a new platform that's going to be stable, we are going to move to it because we don't support censorship like what we've seen. It doesn't matter what political party you're in. It's just not something we want to support. But as you know, Parler started off big and then got shut down, and that's where we had started to move to. But we will be moving when there is something that looks stable and secure, and we can talk to all of you at the same time. We'll let you know. Until then, we are still on Facebook and Twitter, and there are some great UFO stories and other stories on our Facebook page. And we have one there that you may really enjoy reading. There's a lot of controversy about it, but it's about Matilda McElroy, and she was a nurse who claimed to communicate with a Roswell alien. A lot of controversy about this story, but it's fascinating. So take a look, take a read through at that. And also, I wanted to mention, there's a new Travis Walton movie out. And you can find it on Amazon Prime. It's called Travis the Movie, and it is, it's excellent. So I highly recommend you take a look at that. There's some good information in that movie about Travis's experience 
As you know, they did a Hollywood movie about him called Fire in the Sky, but Travis was not happy with that movie. There was also a Paranormal Witness uh, segment about him, and he liked that one. He felt that one was done well, and now we have another one. So please feel free to take a look on Amazon Prime. I think it's on other broadcast outlets as well, but I know for sure it's on Amazon Prime. So take a look. And tonight, of course, we're talking about our favorite topic with our favorite person. Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, is here with us. Now, he's back with updates on the state of aliens versus humans, and it is still a very, very controversial topic for all of us because... We have heard a lot of things lately that have put us some something, you know, a bit on edge, I'd say, right, PK? A little bit on edge <laughs> about the alien races mm-hmm. that are here and possibly going to be coming here soon. So Daryl's going to fill us in on everything tonight. So, Daryl, welcome to the show. Well, hello, ladies. I'm totally in agreement with the retrograde thing. My wife said I've been in retrograde for years. So, Daryl, I know we've had you on the show a couple of times. We've always had a fascinating conversation and learned a lot from what you have to say. But for those in our audience that are new that may not know about your background, please tell everybody how this got started for you because you also have a long history in law enforcement. And so tell us a little bit about you. Tell our audience um, how this happened and why you got involved with the alien experience. Well, as I've uh, sometimes mentioned, uh, I was a captive audience at age four, so I didn't have much of a choice uh, when the entity came in the room. So that's how my UFO event started was simply by contact. Uh, The second uh, thing is I grew up, and uh, my events went on for approximately – 13 years, and at age 17, they ended violently, uh, and I thought it was all over, and yay, and that's it, and uh, the problem is they came and got my son when he was six years old, so that uh, continued the saga, um, but the time they got my son it changed me from a, a uh, victim, so to speak, to uh, a hunter. And uh, now I hunt them that hunted me and later hunted my son and, of course, hunts other people's and their children. But uh, after that, I became a, I was a police officer in the military, senior military police officer. I volunteered during the Vietnam War. I quit college to do that. And uh, been a private investigator for the last uh, 30 years. And um, I've do everything from uh, investigate financial crimes to bounty hunt to you name it. That's uh, I, I enjoy the police work part of it. I love the investigations. I'm a handwriting analyst, a uh, two instructor ships in scuba diving, and uh, which all all of which I use to enhance my abilities in uh, looking at actual evidence underwater, above water, or any any place else I can find it. So uh, that's pretty much the the wrap of it. So with the latest cases that you're working on, are you at liberty to talk about them? Because I know you've been very busy with reports and people who've had experiences. What is new in the alien field? What is new in the alien field? Well, 
um, I'll tell you, they're, um, the amazing thing about the, um, uh, I, I guess my most recent case uh, was a friend of mine wrote me, and uh, he was, um, he stated that, uh, you know, uh, he had, what, had hap- what had happened, he had had an event where he found uh, an implanted type device uh, embedded in his skin and he went, he, and he's a police officer and a good one so uh, it is, it's not not a wild story so to speak and uh, as he began to tell me about that uh, we talked about it and he said uh, I'd like to send it to you and I said sure I'd like to look at it so we're reviewing it and everything and then uh, something um really weird happened um this week after he sent me the um um the object uh some time for I had the object for some time then uh, for some bizarre reason uh he gets he, call, he gave me a little quick email and said you need to call me right away on a hard line and I thought okay this is interesting and what happened, uh, he said, I got, uh, it, it, like I said, he's a, a, a police officer. And he's very specialized in his police work and, uh, and an abductee. And he said, um, had two FBI agents uh, come by today at my home. Hmm. And they came in two separate cars and so on. And I said, okay. <clears throat> and he said, um the deal is that um, they uh, they were kind of uneasy about talking to me, and, I, and, and finally they said, um, well, uh, we're here to talk to you about the troubling friend you've had. And he said, what friend would that be? He said, well, your visitor. He said, what visitor is that? He said, they hee-hawed around, and finally they said, um, the alien. Wow. And he was almost floored. He said, um, actually, I've had a problem with that. And uh, they lightened up, and uh, he let them know he was a police officer and all that, and they were all, everybody was a lot happier. <clears throat> but anyway, he, uh, long story short, was... Uh, they began to talk about the UFO phenomena in general, but uh, but uh, they then they mentioned to him something that floored him. They said, uh, "What about the object that you have?" And he got real quiet, <clears throat> and he said, um, "Well, what about it?" He said, "Well, we'd like to see it." He said, "I don't have it." He said, "I sent it off to be studied." And they looked at each other and said, oh, you mean to Daryl. <gasps> what? My gosh. Oh, my. Uh, hand of God, true story. I'm not making any of this up. Uh, and uh, he was stunned and said, yes. And uh, <clears throat> so he asked me the question. He said, "I, uh, you think they're hacking our emails or what? He said, they were okay with it. They just wanted... I said, let me explain a few things to you about I said, I've been investigating this stuff for over 50 years. 
And I can assure you that um, they're not interested in me. And I said, and they're probably not that interested in you. He said, well, why would they, why, where did this all come from? And I said, I said, there's, uh, I said, there actually, there's involvement of two things here that you you may not know about. And I said, one of them is the uh, MIB program, pun intended here. Uh, there actually is a group of people that do study and investigate UFO stuff, and they're they're men in black, so to speak. They literally are. It's a real thing, not like the TV show, but or the movie, but uh, but for real. And I said one of my abductees several years ago was contacted by one of them who knew more about his life than he did. And uh, anyway, long story short, I know where their office is at. I know who they are. Know and I know how they function. I said, these guys are actually FBI, and they're just checking up because somebody asked them to. He said, well, who would have done that? And I said, uh, you and I are fixing to uh, head up some research study on these implants. He said, that's correct. And I said, you're at a certain university area that has a lot of government contracts. And when I say government, I don't mean the government with a big G, I mean the government with a little G that nobody knows much about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, those type people all have clearances. I said, I have a top secret clearance that was now downgraded to, to secret because I did not want to maintain it. I said, the point is when there is a group of people every year that come in and they, they check people who who have these top secret clearances. Some of them are at this university, and you're talking to them. Needless to say, as soon as that comes up, uh, they report that information and or when they're questioned about their top figure clearance or asked questions like, you know, do you – a good example, have you met any interesting Chinese people lately? And uh, are you has anybody questioned you about this or offered you financial deals that they're looking for laws where you can be exploited, in other words? Mm-hmm. One of the questions they might ask is, "Have you, or if you report this, you say somebody wants to do some UFO research on uh, some embedded objects or implants." Needless to say, that would uh, they would call their guys to have that checked out, and so they just simply call the FBI and say, "Here's a list of questions we'd like to followed up on, see if these people are saying and all that." He said, "Now." He said, I understand what you're saying that about me. That makes a lot of sense now. He said, that makes a lot of sense. He said, but what I don't get is this. They knew you personally. They know who you are. I said, well, they've known for a long time. I said, you've got to realize I was in uh, CIA for two years in covert operations with top-figure clearance. This was the spy school for uh, Knox, NOCs, NOC. is a term that's uh, it's a correct term used for uh, uh, case officers, people who are spies in the field, and it means non-operating capacity, non-official capacity. What a non-official capacity means is they're never they're not allowed to tell who they are. They, they it's a setup. They might look like a businessman, act like a businessman, but they're really a spy. That's what they do. And. Uh, uh, I said people who are not in the know, who think they know all about the CIA, don't have a clue. They call them CIA agents. 
An agent never is a person that, that is a spy. Never. That's that's a misnomer. They're a case officer. Or uh, you can call them a spy, but they're a case officer is what they really are. And their official capacity is, is, is a knock. Well, said, here's a, a question case for on, you, Daryl. Yeah. I don't want to get lost in this, but because this is a fascinating story, and I'm glad you're sharing it with us tonight. This gentleman is asking a good question, which is basically, if you boil it down, he says, "How? what are they doing to track us? Because they're definitely tracking him. They knew that he had sent you the implant. So they have to have access to his comings and goings, his emails, his telephone conversations. How else would they know, right? Well, all that's, all that's definitely possible. Uh, but the, uh, I, I always take the reasonable approach first. Uh, the uh, the fact is that NSA has recorded all conversations, emails, and everything else of everybody for years. And the problem is, you voted for that. You voted in the uh, the uh, Patriot Act, and uh, now that's been expanded and extended uh, for I think for another seven years. Um, and uh, as a result, they can still do this and. They're not listening to everything you say, but if, for instance, if your name shows up as a, a suspect in something, they can pull up all that information about you. They'll just simply type in your information, send it to NSA, and NSA would send a report back, and it's got the it's got the data. But well, you I talk think about the most suspects, reasonable... though, but that's that's an, an implication that somebody may be committing a crime, but. Someone like your police officer friend didn't commit any crimes. He just had an alien abduction and he had an implant. So what gives them the right to spy on him? Well, uh, I, like I say, first of all, my first exp- first answer to that is not a paranoia, but uh, simply uh, how would they acquire that information? Why would they be interested to begin with? And the right. first answer to that is literally uh, he's, when he went and inquired of the university and some of the mm-hmm. – some of the people who are going to be doing some of the testing are uh, they've got various types of high clearances. Well, they're going to have oh, to report okay. that. Right. Okay. So I that's see. a reasonable. It's a reasonable thing for them to say. Oh my God, uh, uh, let's check this out. Is this guy crazy mm-hmm. or not? And so that when they ran the information, they know who I am because I'm international and I'm I'm all over the news, so to speak. So it's not like it's a big secret about me. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I understand that. Cause, yeah. Because recently we were told that they're not really going after a lot of people anymore to try to shut them up because there's too many. There's people with cell phones all around the world snapping pictures of UFOs and all kinds of things and posting them online. So I guess they're just interested in physical evidence like this and being able to figure out what it is. Is that what this is about? Possible, but I, I don't. I don't think that's the the big one. Um, uh, f- for instance, uh, they uh, they know who I am. They know what I do. Good night. I've spoken to 250 surgeons and doctors in 1995 at an AMA sponsored program, continue education. I was invited by the JPL to their uh, their secret little meeting on the Cassini project, the first nuclear package. Uh, spacecraft that we sent into space toward the uh, uh, toward Jupiter and Saturn and all that. Um, 
I mean, I, I, Bill Clinton, when he was president, sent Huma Aberdeen to visit me twice at L.A. on an implant issue. I mean, she right. came there twice and visited me. And this, so it's not like it's somebody needs to watch out for me to see what I'm up to because everything we do is kind of public. I, I like it that way. I want people to, to know what, what what's going on and what I, I don't, I'm not a big secrecy type guy. I don't think that everything out there ought to be secret. Some things exactly. should be, I mean, the nuclear codes and so on, but a lot of stuff, especially concerning the UFO thing, I think should be made public because this is a human issue, not a U.S. issue or a, a the secret government issue. Agree. Yes, we are rah-rah. Let's get it out there. But why are they yeah. still keeping it a big secret? What's your opinion on that? You okay, now, you, that's a, now that. a, you're, you're asking a really good question, uh, and, and there are actually some fairly good answers for that, and I'll throw them out here and see if they're useful. Uh, a couple of the answers might be um, you've been lying to the United States people for since 1938, at least that far back, and specifically 1947 when the Roswell crash occurred. So if you've been lying all this time, making it up, telling people with Project Blue Book and things like that, that they're lying, hallucinating, and all this other stuff, if that's true, and it is, provably so, and all of a sudden you come forward and say, oh, yeah, we lied all this time, it really is real, and stuff's really going on, and you're in a lot of trouble. There'll be more lawsuits lined up between here and Washington, D.C. They'll be lined up from for miles. Uh, that's one thing. The second reason is this, and this is the most reasonable, reasonable answer I think I can give you from a practical standpoint. From an intelligence level, uh, recently they had on TV these tic-tac-sized looking objects that flew around aircraft and around these naval ships and so on doing incredible things. And they actually showed them on film. Yeah, and they, uh, they hated that, but, but it got out. The point is simply this. They're not ours, and they admitted that. They did. Well, they're not ours. They're not the Chinese. So whose are they? The fact is they can't protect you. They don't know what they are. They don't know. They, they know a lot more than you think they do. But the bottom line is uh, this thing is bigger than, than anybody expects, and it's not an alien invasion. It's not anything like that. These things have been around for at least, at least 6,000 years, at least. And, uh, and only until the last 150, 200 years has the, have they approached us, quote-unquote, in any personal way, which is called contact or abduction, if you will. Right. Yeah. Amazing. So how many races do you think are actually here and or visiting us? Another great question. I, I personally don't think um, – there may be uh, – let me answer that two ways. One is um, according to ancient uh, data in India and from the uh, – Rig Veda and, and all kinds of ancient documents that you can read in in India, and I was there three years ago. But the 
the data suggests that there are over 100,000 races of beings out there in, in the universe. I don't know if there are or not. I haven't visited 100,000 races. I don't know. Uh, my first answer is uh, there may be 100,000. I don't know. But I can suggest to you that, in my opinion, there are only two sides. And they're opposed to each other. My second answer, which is uh, much more succinct and something I can address personally, uh, I don't think that the aliens that we are currently seeing here, the seven different kinds, are races at all. I think they are models made or manufactured for the purpose of making us think they're aliens from other worlds. That's oh. my opinion, based on well, 50 years of think. research. Are Wonderful we doing question? It? No, <laughs> they've been around a lot longer than we have. <laughs> um, like I said, the the so-called alien or the seven types of beings that we see: the little gray, the taller gray, the Nordic, the uh, reptile, Bigfoot, and so on. All these are seven models. Uh, think of them as instead of races. Uh, think of them as. Um, like if you go to a car company and you see a Chevette, which is the lower end of the Chevys, that would be the little gray alien. And the high end, maybe the um, the Nordic, so to speak, or the human-like alien that looks very uh, distinct and uh, nice and so on, that would be your Corvette Stingray on the other end of the models. But nevertheless, if you look at the cars, you don't say there are seven races of of uh, Corvettes out there or, or, or Chevys. There Got are it. seven models of them. And these are models, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm, we'll go into that if you're interested, but in uh, how I yes. came to that conclusion. Well, the first first model is an illustration is the little gray. The, the little gray has uh, got an IQ of about 80. He's not very intelligent. He can't get your clothes on right half the time. When they bring you back, <laughs> you find your clothes inside out, backwards, or whatever. You know, your shoes on the wrong feet. Things you would not do to yourself at all under any circumstances. If you get abducted, sometimes you find yourself going the wrong way on the wrong highway, and they put you on the wrong spot. So they make huge mistakes. Um, they're not designed, they're not made to be e- extremely intelligent. The um, the um, next alien is the one that's taller than he is, who is often referred to as the doctor by those who have been on the business end of his uh, business. And um, and it, he is uh, taller, and he's got an IQ of about 135, 140. He's a lot smarter than the little guy. And he is the one that's going to do the so-called surgical interventions and their surgeries sometimes are tantamount to uh, what Jacques Vallée sometimes refers to as something demonic from the uh, uh, Middle Ages instead of surgical uh, work that you might see for real. I, I agree with that assessment, by the way. Uh, the third entity is a reptile who is very uh, he's mean often and uh, very conniving and is usually the one in charge of everybody. The next one would be 
uh, a pragmatist who's about seven foot tall and uh, very smart, a IQ about 170, 180, really sharp. And um, uh, the people have very negative or very positive experiences with him that they report when they have these events. Mine was not positive. Uh, then the other one is a Nordic being, and uh, and uh, one might say, well, you know, well that's a human. Uh, the, the the thing is that the DNA is all of the DNA of each of these entities comes from planet Earth, not from quote unquote other worlds out there. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, Bigfoot's also in this lineup, and. Uh, Eight of our abductees have seen all these entities on the same craft at the same time. Wow. So they're not different races out there. They've actually been seen in the same location numerous times at the same time. So uh, where would you get simian or ape-like DNA to make a Bigfoot, to manufacture or create a DNA something of a Bigfoot? Well, you wouldn't go to probably Zeta Reticuli to get it. In fact, if you came to Earth, you'd find we have all kinds of simian DNA here. we got ape DNA and monkey DNA all over the planet, just per- virtually anywhere you want to go. So there's your Bigfoot DNA. You say, well, that's, that's impossible. Well, it's not because the DNA testing was done by uh, Dr. Melba Ketchum up in Nacogdoches, Texas, and she found that the DNA of Bigfoot was, in fact, simian. Well, we knew that. He, he looks like a giant ape. And the second thing she found is that there was uh, human DNA in there as well, modern human woman or mitochondrial DNA. Well, how do you get mitochondrial woman DNA in a Bigfoot? Well, if they were mixed together, it's called transgenics, you could come up with both. But my point is, if it's modern human woman who mixed the DNA recently, so that's the problem. Now, Nordic really is an example. He's a tall being and uh, beautiful blonde hair and all that big, be- beautiful blue eyes. You say, well, he's a Nordic. He's a far advanced alien. No, that's not necessarily true. He's high IQ. I get all of that. But the fact is, where would you get Nordic DNA? I'm going to take a wild guess. Norway, probably. Uh, that's the most reasonable answer. Uh, and the most interesting thing, uh, it's the uh, same thing with the reptiles, same thing with the praying mantis. Probably you're going to get those type DNA from a, the cosmic Walmart of the local neighborhood of, of the solar system, which is called planet Earth. We have all of that DNA here. And when I talked to my native buddy, um, my medicine man buddy, I said, tell me about the little gray alien. Oh, he said, you mean... The star people, I said, don't feed me that garbage. <laughs> I said, I'm I'm native as much as you are. You're full blood and I'm not, but that doesn't make any difference. I said, don't talk to me like I'm white. He said, oh, okay. He said, They're, we call them the, uh, the ant people. I said, ant people, where do they live? And he said, inside the earth. I said, thank you. So they didn't come from outer space. They're here inside the earth. Well, that's interesting. Now, in my view, the whole overall group of them, all seven, the DNA was taken probably to a large craft in outer space, and there they 
I, I call him Dr. Moreau, hatched, cloned, made, or manufactured these guys for the purpose of interaction with mankind to make us think they're from another planet. The DNA comes from here. Why do I think that we've had the wool pulled over our eyes? Mm-hmm. You very well may have from all sides, unfortunately. It's so hard mm-hmm. to get to the bottom of the rabbit hole and see what's, what is true about all of this stuff. Because so many people have reported, you know, experiences where they're taken aboard a craft, and and so they, you know, they feel that this is from, this is life from another place. This isn't from Earth, but they certainly have the ability to travel beyond Earth. It seems, even if they are from here. Well, sure, of course, uh, but let's let's take that analogy, the excellent analogy you've given, uh, in two two ways. One is uh, ask people. When they say, well, I've had all these wonderful experiences and they're from Zeta Reticuli and whatever, I said, okay, I'm not arguing with you. I'm asking questions to get you to question your event. That's all. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just wanting you to question things like I do. It's, put your cop hat on, not your UFO hat. Mm-hmm. And the cop hat questions everything. I said, if they've got, usually they've seen with three or four fingers and no opposing thumb. How many spacecraft do you suppose they built with no opposing thumb? I'll give you a hint. None. Right. None. Somebody made those craft for them. Well, they controlled them with their mind. I'm not arguing that. I'm not saying any of that's not true. I said, now that brings me to my second illustration. Go with me on a little mental gedanken. It's a, a thought experiment, as Einstein would say. And let's go out and dig. Let's go to Antarctica for just a moment. We find uh, a caveman, frozen in ice. And miraculously, we're going to thaw him out, and he's going to come back to life because uh, his the salt didn't crystallize in his blood, so he didn't die. So now we're going to be big friends, and I'm going to bring him over to my house. He's like, whoa, no, you've got a cave. We call it a man cave, but it's actually our old house. And so he goes in with me. He's like, whoa. I flipped the light switch. He says, oh, sun. He points at the, the light on the in the ceiling. And he realized I've got a bunch of suns around my house. Weird. Anyway, he has this complete idea that I'm like from an advanced civilization, probably from Zeta Reticuli. Actually, I'm from Texas. Uh, <laughs> and then I decide to have some fun with this guy and uh, fool him. Let's just have some fun with him since he doesn't know. Let's... Uh, Let's put an old VCR tape in of 1 million B.C. on my TV. I turn the screen on, I go click, and all of a sudden, oh, and a, a big screen shows up, and he's looking at a time machine. Oh, my God, there's a Macedon I used to kill, you know, and all these different things back there on, their, on my movie, 1 million B.C. He thinks it's a time machine. He doesn't know. Isn't that amazing? He's completely, he's fooled himself with his own answers. I didn't tell him it was a time machine. I didn't say I was a time traveler. I didn't say anything. He just assumes all this stuff, just like a lot of folks are doing in the UFO world. Yeah, and here, yes, exactly. And here the shadow government and probably others in our government know something about what's going on. And I agree. I don't think they know everything. I think that's part of their problem is they don't. But like you said, it's bigger than everything. But there's still That's this true. That's the reason they're never keep... going to come forward and tell us. 
Yeah, I don't see why they would. It's of no benefit to them. No. And if it's no benefit to them, then they're not going to do it. No. But there has been some talk about the possibility that these, whatever they are, these alien beings are from our future. So they are from here. So it kind of goes along with what you've been saying, that they're from here. Okay, and then... There is some talk about they come from our future and they're visiting us from another well, time. Have, what do you think about here's that? The difficulty, here's the difficulty I have with that one. Uh, people tell me this. I said, but now wait a minute. I said, if if we investigate and do really good investigations, and I have and, and certain other people have as well, and we bring this, we get some really good answers, it's like you don't like that. Now they're from the future. I and I mean, and now it's after that one, it's going to be, oh, well, they're from another dimension. And after that, it's going to be, well, they're from something else. I said, you know, it never ends. I said, what's wrong with if we can reasonably give a, an assertion that they were hatch cloned, made, or manufactured? It's not likely from another dimension or another future, so to speak. It's like they were made for a purpose here. I mean, now. if the DNA mm-hmm. comes from here, why? Why wouldn't they make the DNA, get the DNA from another planet with some sponge-like beings or something and bring sponge people here, you know, like SpongeBob or something? I mean, you're not making any sense. You're just creating new new narratives for me to go out and waste another 50 years to try to work on to either prove or disprove. I said, to me, you're not making any sense. I said, for instance, if they're from another I said, here's the problem with the, the they're from another uh, future. If they're from another future, number one, what makes, why are they here? Well, they're here to fix the problems. Hey, don't be stupid. They could have already <laughs> fixed the problems a million years ago, and they don't need to be here at all. As you're not making, you're not, you're actually destroying your own argument. If they're here because they're make, they found a mistake and they're fixing it now, uh, well, We've been here for thousands of years. They just now figured it out. They're not very smart, are they? Or what if there are like 50,000 races of them? Or what if the other 10 guys show up and they say, well, we don't like that future. Let's create a new one. I mean, it never ends. I said the problem with conspiracies, there's no end to them. I've got a brother that's been studying the Kennedy assassination, and he said, you want to know? I said, no, I don't. Don't don't even bother me with that because – Conspiracies never end. Now, so far, he's disproven his own theories half a dozen times, perfected it as he calls it, and uh, he's got now a different, different killer, different, different situation. Now, it never ends. There must be ten people out there that've got great work that compl- conclusively prove the other nine to be wrong. Yeah, I mean, well, we've heard it, it all. Ends. I think on this show. Yeah, <laughs> that's so that's why we figured we'd ask wow. you. But Daryl, let me so ask you this. They come up with um, the UFO thing the same way. Let me ask you this. You mentioned Antarctica, and we've heard a lot's going on down there. What do you know about Antarctica? Oh, uh, well, not a great deal. Uh, the Japanese one time paid me uh, $2,000 to do an interview with them in Los Angeles. They flew in from Japan and uh, flew me out first class, and uh, – they 
were sitting at this big table and they were saying, and had me in front of them, and they would speak in Japanese to each other, and then they would say, uh, Mr. Hashim, uh, where is, uh, where is, uh, tell us about Area 51. And I'd laugh and I'd say, I've never been there. And they're like horrified. They think, well, you, you know, like, know everything. You should be in like Area 51. And I said, I've never been to Area 51. I said, I have an abductee who got uh, some implants from the area because he uh, went hiking out in that area and ended up with some, brought some artifacts unbeknownst to him uh, located in the ligaments of his knee. I said, but I haven't been there. I said, but Area 51, as important as it is, is not nearly as important as Area 52. And they start speaking in Japanese to each other real quiet. And Mr. Tim, where Area 52? I said, well, it's not in Area 51. And uh, Area 52 is more important. I said, it's actually located in Australia. What? I said, in fact, it's located in the middle of Australia, in the middle of the desert. If you get caught on a road going out there with a camera, you will be arrested and tried as a spy. And we run the thing. I said, so... Anyway, I said, but that's as important as that is. It's not as important as Area 53. Where Area 53 meant us in? I said, Antarctica. Ah. Well, and they get to rattling going on. Blah, 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 blah. And finally, I get tired of them doing it. I said, won't you don't shut the Kursai? And they realize, oh, my God, he can speak some Japanese. <laughs> He's been listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, really oh, that was good. So, I mean, I'm a Japanese martial artist, and I've been in Japan three times. So, um, anyway, uh, they said, uh, what, is what, is, what is going on in, done in Antarctica? I said, well, I haven't been down there either. I said, uh, there are a lot of reasons I haven't gone there. It's too cold. I don't, I don't like it that cold. I want to wait till, you know, it gets to be summertime down there or something. Uh, anyway, I laughed about that, and I said, um, there are some fascinating things going on in Antarctica. And I said, unfortunately, at least half of the stories that come out of there are not true or greatly exaggerated. Why? And I said, well, because nobody's going to. I said, in what I was in the CIA, we developed what is called cover stories. A cover story is a lie over the real story to make you believe the lie instead of the real story. Roswell really happened. The cover story was a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. I promise you it was not a weather balloon. That's General Ramey, when you see the photograph of him standing in front of the weather balloon thing they've got there with Dr. Jesse Marcel's Marcel, uh, father, the Major Marcel, mm-hmm. if you look in General Ramey's hand, there's a note. No one knew that we would have the technology later to greatly enhanced that photograph and we can actually read most of the information on that note in his hand about the crash flying saucer in Roswell in 1947. Wow. It's in his hand. Literally in his hand. And that information is available. I mean, uh, some friends of mine did that and I'm doing the handwriting analysis on it. So the point is it's it's very real and they're sitting there literally with it in their hand, but of course you can't see it in the photograph. But we've enhanced those photographs since then and found a lot of things out about them. So the, you develop cover stories because you don't want people to to know. And you make up stuff and you just 
make up 20 stories about UFOs that are not true. And, of course, everybody's, oh, my God, it's all true. It's all it's, – it's, that's everything that's going on at Area 51. That's not true. Only part of that story is true. Are there UFOs there? Yes. Is, is, uh, is uh, this stuff true about the guy who said he studied them at S4? Yeah, probably it is in, in the whole likelihood. Everything is true pretty much that I've been able to find out. But mm-hmm. the fact is, are there like tall aliens that run 90 miles an hour beside your car? No, I don't think that's true. I think the guy's telling some whoppers about that. But it, <laughs> but it sells his books. Mm-hmm. It sells books. And yeah, it doesn't and matter whether it's the truth or not. You know, again, it it's not books. the public's fault for listening to any uh, theories on this because we are not being told the truth. We've been lied to about Roswell and many other things. So we're left to our imagination, and it's difficult to find real facts. Now, one of the things that you are known for is the work that you've done with implants. Now, how does somebody know they even have one of those things? Um, A great question. Uh, And the reason it's a great question is because every, uh, literally every, It seems that every time uh, somebody writes me, that one of the first questions out of their mouth is, "Oh my gosh, uh, I got a uh, an implant," and I, and I always ask them the same question: "How do you know that?" And they say, "Well, you're a conspiracy. You're you're in the government. You're trying to." And I said, "I'm not. I'm asking a question. I'm not picking on you. I'm asking you: How do you know you have an implant?" Well, I've got a weird buzzing in my foot. Uh, I said, but that could be a, a neurological or a musculature problem. No, you're trying to debunk me. I said, I'm not debunking anything. I'm asking you, do you have any x-rays of the thing that's causing the weird noise in your foot? No. Then how do you know it's not a, a, a neurological issue? Well, you're just trying to be negative. No, I'm asking you to get an x-ray. Here's how you do it. And I tell them how to do it. And they're like, oh, well, oh, oh, okay, but I, I say, it doesn't matter. I still feel it. And I said, feeling doesn't make it there. I said, so having, these things, things are picked up on body. x-rays then. You can see them on an x-ray. An x-ray is the best overall thing to look for if you think you, uh, if you suspect an x-ray, uh, 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 the alien abducted you one night and they were messing with your arm. Well, my goodness, go get an x-ray of your arm. If you're worried about it, an x-ray would help. A lot of the, uh, I I look at hundreds of x-rays every year, every year. 99.99% of them do not have an implant in it. Do they have objects in them? Yes, some of them do, but they're, they're they're not implants in most cases. The ones that do interest me a great deal. I have probably a dozen cases I can take to surgery right now. We're working on a TV program right now in which we're going to do a surgical intervention here in Houston on someone who has an alleged implant. And I, is there good evidence that it, in fact, may be an implant? I mean, it shows up in the guy's foot. His doctor found it accidentally. Most people... If they had one, do not know they do have one. His doctor looked at his implant and his foot and says, what in the world is that? 
That's the kind of stuff I want to hear from your doctor. What is that? It's not a medical procedure. Weird. What is that? And they sent it to me, and I said, oh, I've got about a half a dozen of them like that. What? And they were, like, stunned. I said, yeah, the first uh, ones we did publicly in 1995, we removed three objects out of two people, and they turned into an origin with uh, some really uh, phenomenal uh, aspects to them. This looks like it might be one of them. Those also were found in one of them, a man's hand, and the other two were found in a lady's foot, very similar to this one in this guy's foot. And what have you so, found about these implants? What do they do? They, do they track these people throughout their daily lives? That, and that's really a great question for your audience because uh, the uh, the person, uh, one time Stanton Friedman and I were being questioned on uh, some evidence and uh, and they asked him, well, Stan, what do you think of the alien implants? What is it? He said, no, I don't know anything about them. He said, I, I think they'd probably be a, a transponder or a tracking device. And he said, Daryl, what do you think? And I said, well, I, I can give you some it's pretty solid evidence they're not transponders and they're not tracking devices. And, of course, then the, the people say, how do you know that? And I said, well, if they found you to begin with, they knew where to put it, didn't they? So they they didn't track you, quote-unquote, with a transponder. They already knew where you were. Probably your de- genetic lineage told them where to find to locate you. And if you'll check your family lineage, you'll probably find out one, two, or three of them in your family lineage that's probably still alive are actually abductees. Not necessarily implanted, but abductees. That's how they know who you are and where you are. They're following that lineage. So why the implants? Implants. Uh, no, that's that's a really good question. If they're not transponders or not tracking devices, then what are they for? Right. Well, there, mm-hmm. there's very, very uh, reasonable uh, answers. Are number one is where did the implant occur? That's as important as the implant itself, because where it's placed tells us a lot about what it may be doing. Uh, if there, if the implant is located in your nasal passage, where mine was when I was implanted at age 12 in 1960 because I was wide awake during the event, so I remember it without hypnosis or anything, uh, there's a good indication that that one, in my case, it went up, it was placed with a long needle, it was inserted in my nasal passage, and they broke the, the bones in my nose, which was very painful, I was screaming, and it lodged, it felt like behind the eye near the brain. And I've found one other person since then that amazingly enough was implanted the same way, the same spot in 1960, the same year I was. Hmm. So that in itself is pretty amazing. Uh, I suspect that uh, uh, altered levels of neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, uh, uh, potassium, these this sort of thing, uh, uh, and, and when we found that out, because some of our abductees, when they went to their doctors, they noted their doctors, when they tested them, noted that certain levels of their neurotransmitters were altered. And uh, 
and a, a smart doctor will obviously wants to know why is it a deficiency or something. And finally, one neuropsychologist talked to me and said, "Mr. Holmes, if your thesis is correct about these implants, that somebody's tampering with our neurotransmitters," she said, "My God, they literally could control you because serotonin, dopamine." These type uh, neurotransmitters control our behaviors, our sadness, our happiness, this sort of thing. Uh, they would literally own you. They could control everything about you, your sadness, happiness. I said, well, interestingly enough, over 55% of our abductees in our surveys note that they have uh, behavioral patterns which are not not known to them that are not there, so to speak. They sometimes have thought processes, in other words, thoughts inside their head that are not their own, their statements, not mine. That's pretty scary. Now, once they have them taken out, then what? I know you were probably talking about something in the hand or the leg or the foot rather than the brain. But once they have that removed, does that stop? Those alien thoughts? uh, The... the abductions and stuff will continue. It doesn't matter. The question is, really, is uh, does does whatever the the device do the same thing if it's missing? The answer is no. All of the abductees, with with the exception of one, that in our 25 surgical interventions that I've conducted, the last one being in India, and the removal of these implants, every one of the people felt like they were free for the first time, that they were not being monitored daily. Uh, One of the, the only one out of the 25 said that he wished he had never had the implant removed, that in fact he uh, felt like some of his psychic abilities were uh, were gone immediately after being removed and that he's slowly getting them back, uh, that he's learning them, so to speak. That's the only complaint I've ever had from anyone out of 25 surgical interventions. And you Does also it matter where the implant is, how it affects the person? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, was, uh, I went to Italy uh, about 10 years ago, and <clears throat> uh, a, a professor there was uh, doing a presentation on implants, of all things, and here, I, and he acknowledged me being in the crowd. He said, oh "My God, you know, the, the man who discovered the implants, alien implants, is here with us today." Blah blah blah. And it's all this. And he's excited and everything. He says, uh, "My congratulations, you." Blah blah blah, and so on and so on. And then he did his presentation on an implant in a man's hand, and he said this man had extreme anger problems, uh, uh, control issues, and. Uh, he said the implants seem to to uh, affect him in a way that would uh, make life better for him. And uh, at the end of his presentation, he said, Mr. Sims, would you like to comment? And I said, I would. I was using a translator at the time. And I said, uh, your thoughts on this are, in my opinion, uh, right on target. I said, what you may have missed is that the reason the man has a great deal of anger probably a direct result of his implant of his contact events i said i did and a number of other people do they remember their events they're very upset about it 
because these are not just contact events. They're abduction events. They're kidnappings, is literally. And I said, so he probably has a problem with that, and the alien testing to modify his behavior to make him compliant, so to speak. I said the implant, based on the way it was placed in the hand, affected a certain meridian, which modified his behavior. That I am in concert with you. I think that was the purpose. But I said they may have created the anger to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then controlled it with the implant. Thank you. It's about wow. control. It always has been. It always has been. So I want to follow up on PK's question about the location of it. So here's an example of what ha- what can happen when it's in somebody's hand. What's the difference between having it in your hand and then having it in your foot? Uh, the, the, okay, <clears throat> the we can if this is a maybe a far stretch for some of your listeners, but if you look at uh, cattle and animal mutilations, you notice that the face, the jaw, the tongue, the nose area, the eye, uh, these are areas that are uh, and utter uh, of, of cattle will be taken. Uh, this is even if it were the government quote unquote who was doing this, and sometimes it is to be sure, they're checking, because cattle, uh, like frogs and things like this, are excellent uh, illustrations of what's going on in the environment. If you check the bottom of their feet, especially their mouth, their tongue, the udder where the milk comes out because they've eaten the grass, which came from the ground, if it's been poisoned with radiation or anything else, that's going to show up in the milk. So there are good reasons for the government, quote, unquote, to be looking at it. But the question is, what is the alien doing doing it? And I get in arguments all the time with, with these um, cattle mutilation people that say, it's all the government. I said, no, 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 no. I said, it is them. They are doing it. I agree with you totally. But in fact, Ted Oliphant was the, probably one of the first police officers who really got this stuff uh, looked at famously. And he and I argued this over and over and over. He said, it's all the government. I said, no, it's not. Dead. It is them. There are at least four different types of mutilations that occur, and I said you're focusing only on one. And I said, you're, I said he said, and of course he's an ex-cop, and so am I. He says you got a case, make it. And I said, don't make me embarrass you in front of God and everyone in this room. <laughs> and he said, you got a case, make it. And I gave him a case out of uh, where uh, meat had been dropped out of the air. Tons of it, and it landed, and and, it, and different people had been inspected it, and so it, it had been cut, sliced. It was of animals, and some of it was human. Some Ew. of it was lungs and hearts of human beings, sliced thinly. Oh, so I still didn't prove it's not the the government. And I said, Ted, this was in the 1880s. <gasps> Who in the CIA do you think actually did that? I said, I told you not to challenge me. Where did that happen, Daryl? Happened in the United States. The point is that uh, there, 
the, the mutilations have been going on for. I've got one case of mutilation. You won't even believe this one. Uh, this was in Scotland. I've got nine uh, little rats laying in a driveway, on a, a concrete driveway, all of them with their heads severed, laying Ew. in a row after the abduction. Ew. Why is that? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I wish I knew all the answers. I don't. I know some of them, but I don't know all of them. But uh, some of these things are the government. Some of them are not. We've got dead cats around Houston. Ever so often, there'll be a spray of these where the cats are mutilated. Some of these are definitely uh, mean people doing mean things. I can't stand it. Uh, in other cases, some of the, ca- the cat cases I've got, they don't appear to be that at all. They appear to be mutilations likened to tablet mutilations. Right. Well, We've got the cases of between... human mutilations. Right, because you, you talk about surgical precision, too, with these mutilations when it comes from the aliens, right, as opposed to the government? Well, yes, there's, well, there's two ways of that to look at that. One is, uh, and the old argument is, whether it's the government doing it, you know, the surgical-like skill, well, that's just a surgical doctor doing it for the government. That's entirely mm-hmm. possible, and right. yes, I agree, it's done. The problem is, back in the 50s and 60s, we didn't have lasers to cut people with, and some of these had uh, were cauterized with lasers. Now, a laser back then would take, uh, if it were portable, would take would be the size of a big rental truck. Here it is in the middle of the desert or in the middle of somebody's ranch, no tire prints, nothing, and the cow's been laser cut and worked on back in the 60s. Who did that, I, I wonder? I don't think it yeah. was the government. Right. Nope. So, so some of these things are clearly the government. Some of them are not. And the people say, well, it's, it is a government or it's, it's one or the other. It's not. No, it's not. I said, sometimes the government follows what the alien has done. Some of these cattle mutilations, we have found human pharmaceuticals in them or pharmaceuticals scattered around in concentric rings around the cow. What is that from? That's from a helicopter. That's the reason the stuff, that's why we check in, 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 a, in a radius around a cow or a mutilation. We check soil samples because if there's pharmaceuticals or other things that were there that were human, they all, sometimes will be scattered in a perfect concentric rings. What does that mean? That's, it's, it's evidence of being spread by air or a helicopter. Uh-huh. So is that human? Of course it is. But... But was did the was it initially instigated by the the alien or the uh, the intelligence people? I could spend a lot of time on this. I as I did in my book on, uh, on alien hunter evidence and light, and I go into this and uh, and the discussions I had with Ted Oliphant and others in the cattle mutilation thing. I said, uh, and I told him one time when we were discussing this in, in San Francisco at a conference privately. Uh, he said, uh, what do you know about cattle mutilations? And I said, well, not much. You're the expert. You, should, you tell me. And that didn't work. Boy, we went round and round. He finally, the fourth time, he said, I want to know what you know about cattle mutilations. And I said, well, I think that uh, your cattle have been pre-marked, and there are at least four different types of mutilations. He looked at the, the lady who was there, and he said, what do you mean? 
asked, well, by pre-marked, I said, they've been marked with fluorescence. He got quiet and said, how do you know about that? And I said, well, I'm, I'm an ex-cop. I'm not stupid. I, I actually can do my own research. And I said, some of them have been marked. And I said, possibly by other intelligence agencies, sometimes by the alien. So what do you mean? I said, well, if the alien touches someone or a cow, it's going to leave a fluorescent trace on them. Oh, that fluorescent really? trace can be seen with infrared, with excuse me, with ultraviolet light. I said the DSP satellite, 18 geosynchronous satellites above the Earth are all pointed at Earth. They're not looking in space. They're looking here for various reasons, invisible light, infrared, and ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. I said if the CIA, as an example, calls up DSP, it's a defense system program satellites, and says, we need to know if you've got any fluorescent traces on animals or cows in, let's say, the sector of the United States. They'll run, the, they'll run their satellite, satellites over it, look in the infrared range, and they'll say, we've got a cow down in Podunk, Kansas, uh, on this guy's ranch. And they'll say, thank you, click. So is the DSP satellite people in on it? Not really, because they don't know what the – all they did is answer a question asked by the CIA. Then all of a sudden, a black helicopter shows up, steals this guy's cow, and the farmer says, well, somebody in a black helicopter stole my cow, you know. And the reason they stole the cow is because it had been pre-marked by the alien. So wow. the question is, who's following who? <laughs> that is one of them, yes. Yes. Yeah, now, for sure. To, to go back to the implants, what do they look like? You've seen a bunch of them. What do they look like? Oh, Sure. Well, one of my uh, one of my TV people called today. Literally, uh, wrote today and said, uh, "This new implant you got with this police officer, it must be just like all the others." And I, said, I laughed. And I said, "Boy, are you in for some surprises?" What do you mean? I said, "Well, I said most of the implants don't look like each other." What? I said, "We've got little tiny gold spheres that look like uh, they're the size of a pinhead." And they found a little girl's nose, eight of them, four on two different occasions. And they look like little planets, like the moon, little craters. They had craters all over them. Huh. What? I said, we got another one. It's on the front of my book on alien implants. And it's a size and looks like a, life, a white lifesaver. And it's deep inside this lady's skull. Two years later, it moves to the other hemisphere. And then we've got objects that are meteoric in origin that look like little tiny rods that are metallic that uh, that are magnetic. And so then we've got other objects that are biological. We've got a, another an, an, an ocular implant that came out of a lady's eye, fell out of her eye after a mass reduction of eight people in two states and several cities. It fell out in front of her boss the next day. And, and the lady was trying to sweep it off into the carpet to get rid of it. She didn't know what it was. She, her boss said, what is that? She said, it's just a grain of sand or something that's been bothering me in my eye all night. And she doesn't remember she had been abducted with eight other people. And her boss said, no, I want to see that. Don't throw it away. And she said, okay. And she looks at it and she says, my God, what is that thing? It looks like a little tiny egg with the end of it open. And she took it and put it inside a little um, a photo uh, uh container and said I want you to take that to that investigator that's your friend Mr. Sims and she said no it's just a piece of, she said if you don't take that to him 
I'll fire you from your job. Oh, wow. <laughs> she says, okay. And she says, Mr. Sims told me you abductees all do the same thing. You destroy your own evidence and then are horrified later that you did, just like you're trying to sweep it off into the carpet. You take this to him or I'll fire you if I don't get a report from him that you gave it to him. And sure enough, it was an ocular implant. I'll be darned. Gosh. But it's made out of ceramic, and the inside of it is like cushion on the inside of the egg we, where we think it housed a biological camera. A camera? A biological camera. So what oh the aliens, when they retrieved it, they got the biologic, biologics, whatever was in there. And since it was located in her eye, what would we assume that it was there for? And to see all well, obviously, to, yep. you know, obviously to uh, monitor these eight people that were taken in this mass abduction. So again, fascinating stuff. And uh, but I, I told the lady, I said, all of our objects, almost all of them, are different. They're different as night and day. Hmm. Now, I said, what you think? If you, you're using human logic on the alien as if they are like us. They are not like us. They do not function like us. They do not think like us. They consider your thinking an infestation. So we're the bad guys to them. We're like well, parasites the, or something. You would well, if, okay. If you uh, to make a give a human illustration here, perhaps uh, if a bee came into eye, they have they have. Uh, genetic memory that does, makes them do everything they do. That's how their hive works. Correct? In other words, if all yeah, Darryl, you cut out, you're keep, you you cut out some, hang on one second. You're cutting out a little bit, so you may just want to watch where you're holding the receiver for the phone. Okay, if, they, if bees have, uh, to use the illustration of bees, if the bees have a, uh, if, if for some reason, Bees no longer had a genetic memory to make honey and do all the things they did. They could literally die out in a generation. Uh, You say, what do you mean? Well, uh, if the bees all had a meeting one day and said, I think that we should not make honey anymore. Let's make make, uh, bicycles instead. The bees would all be dead overnight because that system works perfectly. The aliens have been made, hatch cloned, made, manufactured with a certain kind of thinking that cannot be altered. If it does, uh, in other words, free will, free thought, and things like that do not exist with them at all, period. It's not allowed, nor is it, uh, is it done. Your thinking would be an infestation to them. The, what people need to realize, the big, the big, big, big question is why us? Why are they here? Looking at me, looking at you, looking at whomever, looking at yeah, your kid. that's that's a great question. What's that's the answer? That's the big question. Well, in, in my opinion, uh, I'd, I'd like to use an illustration out of Star Wars. Let's assume they are from they are ridiculous. There really are races of them, and they're coming here, looking at us. Why are they doing that? Well, if that's true, someone came a long, long, long way. To look at pond scum. Your scientists call you pond scum. They said you're not much better than that. That's basically what we are in the universe. 
Really? If that's true, uh, then somebody came a long way for a bad reason. To look at pond scum? I don't think so. The fact is, there's an ancient statement in the Bible that I like real well. It says that you were created wonderfully. Now, I don't think we have a clue what that means, but I think whoever wrote that in the scripture did. And I think whoever they are out there that are coming here do have a clue, and you have something they don't have at all. And our best research underscores that statement. You are unique in the universe. There's nothing like you anywhere. You mean we're really super smart? I didn't say that. There's something <laughs> unique about you, the human beings. I've met smart people. I've met dumb people. I've met stupid people. But the fact is there is a uniqueness about you that they're not finding anywhere except here. So that's the great attraction from all of them. That, well, it, it it is in this program in the last 150, 200 years called abduction or contact, whatever you want to call it, is uh, uh, we have we have found out through, and I've, I've I've done abduction work that most people, I've, most of my work is reasonably public, but some of it is not, and uh, and some of my work is based on an intelligence level, not from the CIA, but from my own intelligence abilities studying the alien based on my uh, covert operations against them to find out what they're doing, how they're doing it, and so on, mm-hmm. because they'll never tell us. They lie to us all the time. They're just like the CIA and the COVID, and, and, and <clears throat> Mossad or KGB or anyone else. The, the nature of that, that system is to lie and to lie often. That's what they do. But by the same token, the alien does the same exact thing. So the question one has to ask is, what are they? Why are they lying? And what is the truth? With well, the interesting, fascinating thing is that you are unique. There's nothing like you anywhere, and whatever it is you got, they'd like to have it, and they can't figure out how to get it. Yes. I agree with that, that there is something unique about us, and it is attractive to them, and they're not telling us what it is. Whether it's our souls or something else, I don't know. But, yes, there definitely is an attraction to this planet. And yet we can't get a straight answer out of the government, out of any of the alphabet agencies. They're still looking at people like your police officer friend and having little conversations here and there. It's good they didn't threaten them like they used to do in the past. But with that implant that uh, he sent to you, the police officer, what did you find? Was it the same as, or different than the others in certain ways? <clears throat> well, I've just, I just received it, so, and I'm receiving a second one soon. And the reason I'm telling that publicly is because I'm monitoring to see if they're going to monitor that. That's mm-hmm. the reason I'm making it public. It's a trap, in other words. Right. It's, there's a reason for this. And that's not because I'm dense and I can't figure it out. It's because I actually want them. If they interfere, then I will know. I'll know where the leak is at. Sometimes you give information out that you shouldn't on purpose. And we did this in the intelligence community. We'll give out a bunch of fake information, and then we'll give out real information. Why? 
because the real information only comes from one source. And if we find that real information retrieved out there from someone like you, as an example, how do you, I want to know who you talk to. He said, well, I, I only talk to a friend of mine. That's the leak. That's mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. That's how we know where the real information comes. The fake stuff doesn't matter. It, it can go out on the Internet to a million people. You know, I've... I've, I've, I've talked to 40 different kinds of aliens last week. Uh, well, actually, no, you haven't. And uh, you're as loony as, and you make stuff up. You know, people that say that, they're just crazy as loons. Uh, the fact is, that's not true. But the real evidence, and, and again, let me give you the case, a, a honest-to-goodness case in point. Uh, I worked with a, a, a an all-black family back in, um, this was in, uh, uh, um, several years ago back in Pennsylvania. And uh, the lady called me and said, Mr. Sampson, I was referred to you by a, a guy up in Canada. He said, you're the best there is. And I said, well, I don't know about best, but I'm pretty thorough. And she, I said, may I ask you a few questions? She said, yes. And I said, what is your nationality? She said, well, Mr. Sampson, we black. And I said, yes, ma'am, I can hear that in your voice. But most of us are not pure anything, are we? She said, oh, yeah. Well, I'm Cherokee Irish and black. I said, mm-hmm. 45% of our people who are abductees are Cherokee Irish. Ooh, really? And That's a like, high percentage. Whoa. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. And she's like, whoa. Anyway, I went up there and studied the full family, the whole nine yards, and uh, worked with them and everything, and uh, did hypnosis on each of the each member. Three generations of abductees in that family. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Three generations. And uh, in one of the abductions, Bigfoot was there. Is that cool hmm. or what? With the alien. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, Bigfoot people don't want to hear that. That's, that's not true. Bigfoot's a sentient being from whatever. Okay, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying he happened to show up in the abduction. And it's not the only time we've seen him on board the craft. So the point is that with the little girl I worked with her, and a forensic scientist was there, and he says, well, he said, my, uh, my evaluation is that all these, uh, these people here are making this stuff up. They're lying or making it up. And I said, you are so full of it. <laughs> what makes you think so? I said, just because you're a forensic psychiatrist from the University of California, doesn't mean anything to me. I said, before you got here, just before you got on scene, I saw you reading on the Internet up, up about abductions because you didn't know beans about it. Stand of your vast studies in abductions. I, on the other hand, have seen these beings up close and personal for 13 years. Yes, you have. And on top of that, I've been studying it for over 40 uh, so, so I'm not in agreement with you. I, well, I, I said, let me tell, let me explain to you what these people think of you. You don't know this, so I'll tell you, because they told me. I said, family thinks that you're the biggest. You're here to destroy their reputation. That's that's what they think you're here for. You've been hired by the network to destroy their reputation. They think you're part of a government project. I don't. I think you're just stupid. <laughs> and that. And that you want to make yourself an authority and will be on many other TV programs as the abduction expert. If I debunk a lot of these people, they'll consider me the expert. I said, you're still a three-year-old idiot. 
And let me tell you something about that six-year-old girl that was here. She aired you out when she saw you. She admits her sins. That man is here to to make to tell everybody that we're telling stories. And I said, yes, ma'am, he is. He's that's what he's here for. That's okay. I'm going to take care of everything. After I hypnotized and worked with her, I said she told me things about the alien that I don't I don't know three people on the planet know the answers to. That six year old girl told me in great detail things that only I knew and a few other people on the planet. Like, for instance, and of course you'll have a million people they'll write you and say, I know all about that. Really? Explain it to me in detail. She told me how they ate. How do they eat? I never tell people. Why is that? Because everybody, as soon as I tell it, it'll be on the Internet the next day. But if people write me and say, oh, I know what they do. They, uh, they, uh, they eat uh, chicken, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or they eat whatever, you know. Nice try. <laughs> Didn't work. That little girl so this explained little girl had tale. that information, and, she, and this came up during hypnosis with her. Yep. She God. told Amazing. in great detail. And she told other stuff, too. Things that, no, you couldn't make this stuff up because it's not in print. And six-year-old girls don't read heavy UFO literature to find out how aliens eat. It ain't right. in there. That's for and sure. the stuff that is there often is not accurate. And now, you're also very... We're, things, we're coming to the end of the show, so I just want to make sure that you get a chance to... Um, tell people a little bit about being cautious with aliens. Because as you know, there's a lot of people that are making contact, trying to make contact. They think it's a good thing. What do you have to say about that? Well, I, I have a, a, a number of people, About probably about 10% of the people write me and say, I want, to, I want contact with the alien. I want to be abducted. Please tell me how. Give them my address. Tell them come get me. And I just oh, wow. kind of laugh and I said, uh mm. I said, some people have positive events, some people, but they at least remember it that way. They don't remember it often. I've, I've worked with people that had quote-unquote positive events. Uh, whenever I had them under hypnosis, they were screaming at the top of their head. I mean, they're just horrible. Stuff happened. Not all of them, but some did. My point is that uh, the events may not be anything like you imagine. Uh, they... <laughs> I know that you, many people want them to think, oh, these are uh, abduction accounts, and uh, the, 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 when the aliens come to help us, and they're going to do this. That They're interested in what you have, not you. They don't care about you. If I want to learn all about them, I just told you a lot about them. And if you can't hear it, then uh, maybe you need to get abducted so that you can get it firsthand. But the fact is, until you had a, a, a seven-foot praying mantis over you, uh, uh, manipulating your mind at, at any level he wanted to do it, uh, you don't have a clue what's going on. And you may not like it after that event. So if you want to reach me and find out and some specific answers to questions you have, feel, feel free to write me. Go to alienhunter.org, alienhunter.org. And click on the Alien Hunter emblem there, and it will automatically email me, and I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. And if I don't answer your questions, email me a second time, because that means I didn't get your email. 
right. <laughs> just may have gone out You're into so cyberspace. Good. Yes. So, um, also, Daryl, please tell us again the names of your books so that people can purchase them because they are good. Definitely. So. Okay, for those that want books, I only have two. Uh, the one's called Alien Hunter Evidence of Light or Alien Hunter uh, The Implants. And you can go to my website and click on books and it'll pull them up. But the one that probably is more interesting to the Gen X and X Generation and all these other neat people is uh, people want to see video, the real mm-hmm. stuff. And I have right. a video there. Uh, it is absolutely excellent. And it actually shows an alien in the back seat of a car uh, abducting this guy in Los Angeles. How did I get the picture? Uh, thank you, Los Angeles Police Department, for giving me. They made a mistake and sent the photo to a, one of my abductees who got abducted, and they wanted to pay the, I think it's around $300 fine for running the red light. With the aliens <laughs> in the back seat. It's on the video. Oh, I can't wait to see that, everybody, all huh? all kinds of evidence in there, oh implants, all kinds of stuff. Oh, great. Well, Daryl, thank you so and it's only much. 20 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, and we are so excited to hear what's next for you and who you're coming across because it sounds like it gets more exciting every time. So thank you for all oh, your insight really your knowledge, Daryl. It's been wonderful. A lot of fun. You guys are tremendous. You're a wonderful host, and uh, gosh, I, I just uh, I really enjoy you guys. You're a lot of fun. Oh, well, host. thank you. Thank you so much. That's, you're a great well, guest. Absolutely. Yes, the best. So, if look, only I could get my wife to say that. <laughs> uh, give me her address. That's I'll send her a note. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight, and we'll be back next week with another show. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Super.